You're listening to the Cliff Temple Podcast, recorded at Cliff Temple Baptist Church in Oak Cliff in Dallas, Texas. We want to welcome you back to the Cliff Temple Podcast. I'm Gannon Sims. I'm joined by Trevor Jameson, and we're talking about this concept of... Oikonomics? Yeah, oikonomics, <laughs> a question mark. Um, and, and really, it's just a play on words. The oikos is the, the Greek word for house or household, and the home uh, in, in the first century, in the time the New Testament was written, was the economic center, the economic engine. And uh, so it's the way that we envision ourselves as members of the household of God. And so we've been looking, about, looking at all of these various areas of giftedness, or capital, and we focused uh, heavily on spiritual gifts or spiritual capital, and then relational gifts, our physical gifts, our our, um, time and our energy and our homes and that sort of thing. And then last time, I think we talked about uh, intellectual gifts and abilities and talents and that sort of thing, and we're kind of bringing it home uh, now. Uh, talking about the gift that everybody thinks we want to talk about in the church, and it's the one we always put on the the envelopes. We we I think we talk far too much about finance, um, which is why we've left it last. Um, and it is I think the most insignificant one. But uh, you know, finance makes uh, it it keeps the lights on uh, in our ministry facilities. It uh, helps uh, propel mission and ministry. Uh, but we want to talk about finance in a really uh, a careful way, a joyful way. So I, I'm just curious, Trevor, if you've ever experienced any joy out of giving or receiving uh, gifts of finance. You know, I I grew up in a family where we didn't really have a lot of financial needs. But as soon as I was on my own in college and then married, of course, then we, we had nothing. And we're living in this uh, itty-bitty Chicago apartment studio. We were subletting it for the summer while I was working in a homeless shelter. And one of the pastors there, and, and by the way, the pastors there not paid much at all. Mm-hmm. I just want to set that up. Because one of these guys who's been around the block for a long time came out of a gang in Chicago, got a job as a pastor, and was just a great mentor to me during that season while I was there. Well, one day I was just in his office telling him, you know, like it was 100 degrees in Chicago that day. And people die in Chicago because they just don't have air conditioning. Air conditioning. And uh, this guy just, he says, oh, you need, you don't have an air conditioner? I said, no, there's no air conditioner in this place. And we don't have money to, to buy one either. Um, and he says, okay, well, I'm going to tell you something, right? Your wife, she needs to be cool. She, You don't want to have a wife who's boiling in your apartment. And he says, We're, this is going to be between you and me. We're not going to tell my missus, all right? He says, you got promised me that. He just reached into his drawer and pulled out like 400 bucks and just handed it to me and said, go buy an air conditioner today. Well, wow. <laughs> It's like, this guy doesn't even know like my background, where I come from, and um, anything really much about me other than here's a person, he needs an air conditioner, here's some money for an air conditioner. And that uh, that was a big transformative experience, something that I've tried to pay forward because I think it's a reminder from God, like these are, these are blessings that we hold, not something we get to hoard yep. for ourselves. 
And that's the thing. I mean, St. Augustine, I said something to the effect of what do we have that we did not receive? Mm-hmm. Everything. We have received everything. Everything in life is a gift. We are not self-originating as people, nor are we self-reproducing. Um, so all of life is a gift. Um, and, and so I think, you know, when, you, when it gets down to a story where, you know, you... You know, student receiving gift from urban pastor Mm -hmm. uh, out of the goodness of his heart to take care of your family in a a time of need. It's, you know, this is the kind of stuff that I think there's so many stories around our church of this this rich economy of gift uh, that happen all the time. Um, one thing I love about Cliff Temple is like we're so great in crisis, but nobody ever really knows. I mean, it's like we're really under the radar about it. We meet if there's a crisis situation in a family or with a loved one in the church, it, it gets met mm-hmm. by a, a group of people. Nobody knows it's, it's happening, but it, it's, it's life changing and, and life transforming. Um, and this whole attitude and aspect of gift is how we learn what God's grace really is. It should be a reminder to us that it's an easy way to win friends. I don't know if you are going to bring this up, but the story where Jesus tells about the dishonest manager. That's the one we're going to look at. All right. I think we should look at it because, um, again, it's a story here where it confuses us because he tells us a a parable about someone who's going to use money for unrighteous means and tells us to do it the same way, but for the kingdom, yep. you know, um, and I think that's a remi- it's because money is about power. And I think that's why this is a touchy subject and something that is such an easy way, like 400 bucks. Like, think about it. I mean, that's a lot of money. But at the same time, I still talk about it 10 years later, mm-hmm. 10 years later, $400 changed my life. That's that should cause us to stop in our tracks and think about how powerful our money is for the kingdom. And it strengthened your relationship with a human, with another person. Absolutely. And it rec- it helped you recognize the fact that you could do that for someone else. Mm-hmm. And so it ripples out. And so the, the cool thing about the story we're going to read in Luke 16 is that it's not really about the money. And in the first century, actually, it was all about relationships. Um, to be considered, even to be considered someone's client was like not good. But to be considered someone's friend... Uh, was mm. was yep. a, where you were guaranteed a safety net, um, was a relational safety net. And so in Luke 16, um, without further ado, it says this, Then Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, Self, what will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I've decided what I should do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked, The first, how much do you owe my master? He answered, a hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, make it 50. Then he asked another, how much do you owe? He replied, a hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. 
And I tell you, here's the catcher, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth so that when it is gone, then they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Mm, mm-hmm. There it is, the homes. Right? Yeah, homes twice in there. Twice. This is an interesting story. And it, it is really difficult because it seems like Jesus is telling us, be shady like this guy is yep. shady. But that's not really yep. what he says, right? He, he's commended for his shrewdness, not for his righteousness, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the shrewdness is then applied to us and how we should be. I, I don't know how you read this, but I read this as it's not really about the money, right? I think that's kind of confusing to us as Americans. Like he lost all this money right. for this uh, owner. He should be fired immediately. Right. But he's bought his manager friends. He's bought himself friends. Yep. And so even though he gets fired, it's a win-win. Yep. And that's interesting because that should cause us to think, okay, with our money, how can we buy things for the kingdom, right? In a shrewd way, in the same way that this guy did. Um, so how do you see this specifically playing out, though? Are we supposed to run around, like, cutting people's bills in half or throwing money at unbelievers? Like, what do you what do you see this playing out as? Well, I mean, it, it's, it, again, it's, it's all about um, our need. So the passage right before this in Scripture is the, is the, pas- the story of the, the prodigal son. So you've got the prodigal who takes the money and then wastes it and then has a need to go back to dad and dad receives him. So, ah, grace. Then you have the dishonest manager who gets fired, but, you know, he can quickly um, um, engender himself to the uh, creditors. And then uh, then his own owner, as you, as you said, his manager says, oh, you know what, you actually did me a favor. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell you to go back and collect all that was owed to me um, because I've now, I've now made better friends. And so it's, it's grace though, is the, the thread throughout both of those, those stories. Um, the, the son and the manager, the son and the prodigal, the manager in this story squandered they wasted, they scattered their opportunity, but they experience uh, grace. Hmm. Um, Eugene Peterson has a, a fun little chapter in a book called Tell It Slant. Um, so he takes some of these challenging biblical texts and he plays with them a bit. And he, he said this story reminded him of a time where he, uh, he was at Johns Hopkins Medical Center, which is an inner city Baltimore. And uh, he was late to see a member of his church who was in the hospital. And so he was he was praying for a parking space and a space opened up. He quickly parked, went up to see this patient in the hospital, came back, noticed that his keys were locked in the car. But this little 10-year-old kid was patrolling around the parking lot and said, hey, mister, I can, I can open your car for you in about 10 minutes. And so this little 10-year-old kid breaks into Eugene Peterson's car. <laughs> And uh, Peterson's like, well, thank you. And, and he says, well, sir, is that good for a, for a dollar? And uh, Peterson said, I, I'll give you two. Um, and this is years ago. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, he rewards the kid for, you know, it's unrighteous behavior. But in that moment, it ingratiated Peterson to this kid and it built a relationship. And so it's this really interesting way that then the Lord says, well, uh, how do we use this sort of principle to 
create friends in our own right, recognizing that money isn't really a kingdom value anyway. It's the relationships that are the kingdom value. Mm. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting thing. Uh, but you know, in this story, then if you if you go a little bit further, you know, this manager's been embezzling. You know, this manager risks everything on the mercy and grace of his boss. Right. Um, so I mean, there's 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 risk taking uh, throughout this this story. I like to think of parables as a diamond. As you turn them, you yep. start to see the light in a different way. One other side of this diamond to me in this story is the phrase that Jesus brings up is to take your unrighteous wealth is suggests that a lot of our wealth, I'm not going to say all of it, but a lot of it is maybe unrighteous. And that's what it's saying. I think it cuts through some of the garbage in politics today of pretending like some people get money in righteous ways. Well, my urge to a listener is just flip out your, you know, I'm wearing a jersey right now, flip out my jersey and see who made it on the back. Mm-hmm. What country was it made in and on whose backs did mm-hmm. you get that cheap piece of clothing from? Like everything that we have, as you said, is inherited. And someone in our unrighteous age had to pay for it. Someone had to take a lower paycheck. Someone had to do it cheaply so that we can have so much wealth. And, um, I think Jesus is saying, look, it's unrighteous, but there are ways of winning for the kingdom through the lose-lose that the age seems to present to us. So I think for me, this is an encouragement of Jesus that the kingdom can win out in a world like there was an age in my life, Gannon, where I tried to do research on how to get righteously made clothing. And the answer is almost It's impossible. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it just is. You stop buying clothing from poor countries well those people become more poor yep so how do you win like i yeah so i could go on and on but i think the point is is present in the parable that money has the possibility for a kingdom value here yeah and i mean it just reminds me of you know words in in deuteronomy and and, in the shema we we hear a lot of you know hero israel the lord our god the lord is one and then it, it proceeds to sort of remind us that you know we you know, live on land we didn't um, plow. We drink from wells we did not dig. I mean, this is, it's so much of it is, uh, it's here, it's ours, it's, and we're, we're to steward it because it's not ours, it's God's. So that's, um, that's sort of the, the, the dynamic opportunity that we have here of just recognizing the gifts that are around us recognizing that it doesn't belong to us anyway, and let's use it to build the kingdom. Let's use it to make friends. Let's use it, not not keep it, um, but share it and share our lives. So that's that's what we're going to be you know, you know, challenged to do as we uh, continue uh, considering whether or not we'll actually put our faith story in uh, clifftemple.org backslash share. But, you know, Share your faith story. Share a testimony. Share a way that that you've received the kind of gift uh, that that you, Trevor, received uh, from a friend uh, in a time of need. Uh, how how have you experienced a joy in giving? How has the church uh, given to you over the years? So those are the kinds of things that I want us to consider, um, especially now as we're we're moving into this 40-day season leading up to Easter, 
uh, where uh, we're all challenged to sort of divest ourselves of certain things. And, and, and we, we say lint is the word, L-E-N-T, lint, really uh, Latin root for the word lento, that's... Uh, symbolizes you know just what happens in the the order of the seasons where the days as, as we get into spring get longer so they lengthen so that's what lent means lengthening days and as we get into these length longer days um, we give over some things um, we give over some things we take up some things not because we're trying to change our diet um, or give up chocolate or Facebook um, but because we are, wanting to hunger and thirst for righteousness. We're wanting to have our life disrupted by the power of Jesus. And so I'm, I'm hoping that we can be disrupted during Lent. We can see these as 40 days of training for righteousness uh, for the kingdom um, and, and praying for a revival. And, you know, revival is, uh, I heard it said recently, it's just ordinary people who are hungry. And I think at Cliff Temple, we're a lot of ordinary people, and I think there's a growing hunger. Um, so let's let's pray for that um, as we realize that, that that we are we are God's solution. We are God's gifts. Um, our finance, spiritually, relationally, all of it. Uh, so that's the challenge uh, for us today. Um, Trevor, would you pray for us? And that'll Absolutely. be a wrap. Yeah. God, thank you for your greatest gift that you've given to us, which is your life, so that we might have restored relationship with you. May we open up our lives to be a gift to this world, and a world that is about taking and me and what I can have, and a world that's lonely and starving for relationships, and a world that's rushed and in a lack of time. May we be full of time for others and patient with others. In a world that is all about getting every cent and picking up every quarter off the ground and scrounging. May we be vibrant and giving, Lord, even if we only have one mite to give. May we be generous and full of love for this world so that this household of the church might be an active one, full of love for one another and that the world might peer in and see the light of God shining brightly among us. God be with us. May we be your economic engine to bring salvation to the world. Amen. Hey everybody, this is Trevor Jameson. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Cliff Temple Podcast. Our church is a church seeking to make everyday people into everyday missionaries for Jesus Christ. And we do this together by worshiping together at 134 West 10th Street in Dallas, Texas. You can join us for Sunday school at 10 a.m. or you can join us for services at 11 a.m. We also cover a lot of content just like what you heard today on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. You can join us at church and join us in person that way. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Oikonomics.